Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ways to Live podcast. I'm so excited today because we're doing another interview. I've got my friend Lexi with me and she's amazing. She started the Instagram account you might be familiar with. It's called Indie Quartz Co. And it is the most amazing accessory jewelry shop. She started by making handmade jewelry. And you might have seen something like this before, but hers is uniquely special and it has really blown up, especially this last year. She's doing so many amazing things. She's just turning into this amazing businesswoman. And then also like overachiever, she also is a dental hygienist, um, graduated from UVU, and she's recently been able to step away from that and go full-time into this business that she started, and it's just super amazing. She always had so many questions, people that want to know more about how she's done all this, so I have been wanting to get her on the podcast. We finally are doing it, and it's going to be super exciting, so Lexi, you can say hi. Hi. (laughs) Thanks, Nessa. Um, I remember back when you were talking about starting a podcast for the first time, and I was so excited, and now I am a frequent listener. Every single week, I am making sure that I either re-listen or listen to the newest episode, so it's you awesome to be so here. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. Like, that means so much to me. I remember when we we just hung out at this little girls' night thing the other day, and we pulled up, and you asked me something specific that was on my podcast, and I was like you listen like oh my gosh that's so awesome so that really made my day I love your podcast oh thank you you're so sweet (laughs) you are okay awesome well I think so for this episode we're going to be talking to Lexi about like just kind of specifics about her business and lots of frequently asked questions that she gets but also at the beginning I wanted to do this kind of get to know you thing about her so just some fun things that people might not know about you. So, uh, where are you from? I was born in Utah and also have lived in Idaho and Colorado. So, but mostly Utah. Awesome. What's your favorite food? I am a French fry girl. Any kind uh-huh. of fries, I will eat them with every meal. Don't question me. Amazing. I love French fries too, especially. Well, homemade fries are just. I love homemade both. fries. Yes. Oh, definitely. Both. Um, okay, what are some of your like hobbies or things that you like to do outside of maybe dental hygiene and making earrings? Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's hard because I feel like my hobby was being creative and now my hobby is my job. And so I need to find more hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, I You're do super, like, like athletic though. Like you like, well, I don't know, at least working out. Yeah, right? or, definitely. Yeah. yeah. My husband and I go to the gym. I haven't been as much since quarantine started. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. Um, but we used to go to the gym every morning before work and school. Uh, and I really like being outside. So hiking, camping, cool. that sort of thing. Sweet. Um, how long have you been married? Ben and I got married in 2017. Uh, so it's been just over three years. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And what's your favorite thing, I guess, to do with him, maybe besides hiking and anything, or is that kind of your thing? Oh, yeah. we So we hang out all the time. Ben works from home, too, and so we get to see each other throughout the day and check in on each other, uh, which is a lot of fun. I feel like that's a huge, uh, huge blessing that we definitely don't want to take for granted. 
uh, we really like to cook together mm-hmm. and so we we make dinners together and we find new recipes together and we've kind of made a tradition out of finding a new recipe for holidays and stuff that we can work on together oh, cool. that's so fun I love cooking too Josh and I both love cooking so just so people know a little bit more about you as you like your character maybe you could describe like you know what are some key traits that you think you have That's always such a hard question. Um, I have a really hard time talking about myself, but I, I think that one of my, I've been trying to get better at this Mm and recognizing uh, the things that I like about myself. And one of the things is that, um, I'm empathetic Mm -hmm. and I, I feel like I can relate to people, even though I might not have gone through the things that they've been through. I can definitely feel in a way what they have gone through I guess Dude, I'm terrible I'm at explaining em- that oh my gosh too. Like, yeah someone so cries bad. and I cry yeah and it's so weird because we're people in public will tell and... me the things that they're going through and I'm like I feel like I'm going through that now yeah do you yeah, feel like that definitely I'll feel it even though I'm not experiencing mm-hmm, it so mm-hmm. yeah definitely crazy it's it's a hard thing but I think it's also a good thing <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> okay where what is your favorite place to shop oh man anything online I feel like we're so spoiled now because mm-hmm. we get to just click a button and things arrive. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, anything online, but in person, probably Target. Oh, <laughs> Target's so nice. Um, and then you're, I, I'm, I'm curious about this because we just did a podcast on it. What's your favorite cur- current trend? Oh man, my favorite current trend. I feel like checkerboard is really in. Oh, yeah. And I know it's super basic to say that I'm into that right now, but it is one of my mm. favorites. Yeah. I know. I love it, too, so much. But, like, I can't help but think of Vans when I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> is this a copyright issue? Like, did Vans, like, copyright this? Or Watch out. Not. They're coming yeah, for I all know, of us. I know. Seriously. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, I guess we'll just like jump in now that people feel like maybe they got to know you a little bit more. This is really nostalgic for me too, because I remember, okay, first of all, we should tell them like how we met. Yeah. Because I think this is like (laughs) funny. (laughs) It's actually so weird because we were in a UVU class together. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, we did a workout like class at UVU. Yeah, a weightlifting class, I think, right? Yeah, weightlifting. And I was in there with my friend Sarah, and so I feel kind of bad. I feel like if Sarah hadn't been in there, like, we, you and me would have got to know each other. <laughs> I was super shy. <laughs> Sarah and I, but we did talk, like, yeah. in that class, and I remember thinking you were super cute, and, like, you told me about how you served a mission, right? Yeah, and, I remember and you guys planked for, like, three minutes, each of we you, did. and I was so impressed because I was, like, one minute in dying. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, no, so I remember... Uh, you told me I had just got back from Peru and I think and you served in Chile yeah. so I was like oh that's so cool like cause <laughs> yeah. similar experiences right and then uh what was the other thing that I remember oh yeah I was like gluten-free yeah <laughs> yeah my stomach my stomach was struggling so much after my mission I remember you were tell- giving me tips you were like was I really oh no like <laughs> get your bread from here and like do this and I was like she's so nice and I'm so glad that she's like helping me uh, I definitely eat all the glue in now yeah oh, oh I did too my stomach's gotten better so yeah. thank heavens like I'm that's yeah. so funny I don't even remember that I'm sorry for no over, that's that's why I like I really connected sharing. I really connected with you on all that so I remember that really well and then the weird thing is that like 
So Sarah's husband, McKay, um, he is, like, best friends with Lexi's husband. So Lexi, you ended up marrying Ben, and Ben and McKay are, like, best friends. And so then I was like, holy cow, like, Ben and McKay are hanging out, and Lexi's, like, hanging out with Sarah, and, like, now we're all kind of, like, actually tied together, you it's know? It's so cool. So, it's cool. <laughs> we threw Sarah a bachelorette party together yeah. and all of that. So much fun. You mm-hmm. did so good with that. So did you. Uh, Seriously, that was so fun. <laughs> it was just my house, that's all. <laughs> yeah, we had such a good time. Um. Anyways, so I just remember that was around the time, maybe, maybe you did a little bit before, too, but you started your business, and I remember starting to see it on Instagram, and... It's just, it's amazing to have been able to see the whole thing grow. So I wanted to ask, like, when did you start? And just tell us about, like, those beginning stages. Uh, I started thinking about the business when I was living in Texas. We were doing summer sales uh, the summer after we did Sarah's bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And we were down in, in Texas, and I was working and doing school full-time. But I still just kind of felt like I wanted to do something more. I missed creating and I started by uh, creating a poll on my Instagram story to see if any of my friends would even be interested in products that I would be making. And so I posted about uh, scrunchies because it was when they were starting to get really big <laughs> and about bracelets with letters stamped into little discs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ever end up doing the disc bracelets. I kind of dived or dove <laughs> Uh, headfirst into the scrunchie trend and as soon as I got home to Utah after the summer was over I bought tons of fabric I already had a sewing machine and just got to work starting to create patterns and buy materials and research the best way to make them so it didn't even start out as an earring or jewelry type accessory Mm -hmm. business it started with uh, scrunchies and headbands which is crazy yeah that's crazy. because I don't do that anymore <laughs> weren't like I think like the whole ascot thing yeah like the scarves is that was that that I, too I think I'm yeah. remembering that okay mm-hmm. yeah awesome why did you start and and then I guess along with that like what made you feel like you could actually put out the first thing because that's a really scary step definitely Uh, I, so I was in dental hygiene school. It was my last year of school and boards were coming up and dental hygiene school is not cheap and I didn't want to have any debt. I had a scholarship, but there were still a lot of fees to pay as far as boards stuff went a couple thousand dollars Mm -hmm. uh, per board. And so I decided that I was going to make some money, uh, selling those products That way I could pay for the boards and graduate from dental hygiene school. So I didn't even plan on continuing afterwards. Um, I think the main push to put the first product out there just came from me realizing that if I didn't just go ahead and put it out there, no one was going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's scary, you'll never know if it's going to sell or not if you don't just go for it. Don't you think that's so weird? That's like the weirdest part of adulting. I I know people don't like that word anymore, but (laughs) (laughs) that's like the weirdest part of growing up for me is that it's this thing where like I still have to learn that no one's going to do stuff. Like you, if you don't do it, like it's not going to get done. Exactly. You know, I think that's still something that I'm learning where I'm like, okay, well, is someone going to help me do this? Is someone help me do that? Ben is actually incredible when it comes to the tech 
uh, technology aspect of things, technological aspect. Uh, there's a lot of that that I can't do, but yeah, I, I agree completely that if we don't do it, no one will do it. And it's still a weird thing to get used to, to thinking that way. Yeah. I feel like it comes with time and practice that you'll become more almost like self-dependent and reliant to be able to do that on your own. But yeah, it's tricky at the beginning. How did it go at the beginning? Do you feel like, were you underwhelmed with the response or were you, maybe this could be something? I, to be honest, I don't know if I really had any expectations for it. I wasn't looking at what other people were doing. I was trying to stay in my own lane and just had those, you know, those horse blinders on either Mm -hmm. side of their eyes. Mm -hmm. I was trying to just face forward and do my best. And if something sold, great. And if it didn't, then I had fun making something and it kept me busy and I was able to get rid of those creative urges, you know? So it really, I guess from the beginning, I didn't really have high expectations. And that sounds terrible to say, you know, don't have high expectations, But I think that when you put that pressure on yourself, it makes it really hard to create because um, you make something and maybe someone buys it, maybe they don't. But if they don't buy it, then it feels like a personal attack because of something, you know, it's something that you've created. So it feels like a part of you. Um, But when you don't care if someone buys it or not, either way, it's a part of you and it's okay if they accept or reject that. uh, It just kind of works out in the end. And I think people can feel that if you're, you know, desperate to be selling or if you're really just putting stuff out there that you love. Yeah, that's so key. Like, do you have any tips for people that maybe have high expectations and, you know, they get let down and it feels like it's weighing on their business or like they can't keep going because of it? Is there a way that do you do that sometimes or what and like what do you do to get out of that, I guess? Yeah, I would be lying if I said that I don't have periods of time where I feel like what I'm making isn't good enough or where I feel like uh, my last creative project was where I hit my peak my creative peak and there's nowhere really to go but downhill from there and I've been proven wrong by myself hundreds of times it's kind of a daily battle I think when you're creating Uh, it's like this cycle of oh my gosh I love what I just made will anybody like it And then you go to the next phase where, okay, maybe nobody liked it, but I like it, so it's okay. And then you start to second guess that. And then you realize that you don't care if anybody likes it or not. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of cycles through. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely high and low periods for sure. That's how I feel like even with podcasting, it's like, I don't know, I'll I'll do an episode and like I'm obsessed with it. And then I, then you worry like, will they like it? And then you look at numbers and maybe it's not translating the way you want it to. And it's just, oh my gosh. But then I also think, I'm like, but I would be doing this anyways. Like, I love doing this type of thing. Like, this is what I wanted to do forever. And so, like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And then another, and then something else will pay off. So it's like, definitely, yeah, just remembering that that's so normal is is so key. And if you, if you don't keep going, I mean, there's definitely no chance that things are going to improve. So Mm -hmm. if things are looking super low and you feel like there's nowhere to go but downhill, I mean, but you keep riding that downhill wave, it's going to push you back uphill again, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But you'd never know if you quit Mm -hmm. how things could turn out. It's kind of like getting on a treadmill almost. Like, you kind of have to keep going almost. (laughs) If you really love it, I kind of feel like, I don't know. And and then when people start to count on you too, like, you know, it just keeps you there, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about this. How'd you 
decide on your name or like how'd you get the name (laughs) i get this question all the time uh i when ben and i got married i started doing because i I was super crafty growing up and i started doing like weavings and wall hangings and so in my mind i was like oh cords like rope cords Uh indie cords that sounds so cool but it doesn't really fit my brand right now. So it feels weird a little bit saying it. Uh, and I have a lot of people say, oh, indie records? Like some indie record that's much cooler than mine? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's not indie records. That'd be cool, but so nope, funny. just indie chords. Uh, and I'm hoping to start doing more with rope and clay. Mm-hmm. Like I've been, I did it. I did a drop once with rope and clay and it worked out really well. So I think it'd be cool to incorporate the past into the present and the future. What do you recommend for creators that are starting do's and don'ts of maybe the beginning? Do you have any of those? I mean, obviously, I don't know all the things. Uh, I think the biggest thing would be to stay curious and never think that you know enough. Uh, Because when you get to that point, you stop growing and your business stops evolving. And then it dies by always staying curious Uh, And by always looking for ways to improve or change things up or try something new, you're going to find new sparks that help you keep going in the future. Uh, Another thing would be to try to find the information on your own, which sounds terrible to say that because right now with everybody starting to make clay earrings and jewelry in general, it's a pretty saturated market. And I feel like I get a lot of questions asking for really basic information and that's just fine. But I don't, I don't always have the time to personalize a message. And so I feel really bad when I never get back to them because I just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But by searching for the information yourself, you, you kind of gain something that you wouldn't be able to gain if you were just given the information in the first place. I think you have more of a respect for the information that you find out because you worked hard to get it. So you're more proud of it. You're more enthusiastic about it. You're more involved with the project that you're working on. Like what's the, what are the basic things that you feel like, you know, this is what I think you can figure out on your own. For what I'm doing in particular, so I work with polymer clay a lot mm-hmm. and it's so popular now. Ever since um, the virus struck, uh, I feel like everybody and their mom and their sister and their brother all work with it. And that's great. That's awesome. Um, I have a lot of people asking me where to buy materials, where I find my materials, um, specific techniques that I do. And to be honest, I just Google to find the materials. Used to be able to go to the craft store and find them. Not anymore. Just again, going back to what we just talked about, by looking for that information yourself, you definitely gain a lot more respect for what you're doing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing would be finding your own voice. And that's something that just comes with time. Uh, Someone shared a quote, and I wish that I had it off the top of my head. But uh, basically, it says that for the first few years, you have to be willing to be really bad at something before you can be actually really good at it. Mm -hmm. And so by continuing to put out bad work and continuing to create bad work and continuing to be unable to physically create the vision that's in your head, it's frustrating, yeah, but it pushes you to to learn more Mm -hmm. and then when you finally get to that level of creating exactly what's in your mind exactly how you had pictured it 
uh, I think it just feels like another success, like a almost like a creating high, if that may, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, this is like this is something that I realized. I was so stressed about my podcast and it just being perfect and it sounding like these big podcasts that I listen to, and I realized like something that my coach says is you have to be willing to put out like C plus or B work you know like you can't be a perfectionist when you especially when you start and actually the whole time like you will get to a place where you'll be like yeah like this is where I want to be but you're always going to be progressing you know and like you're going to be doing things that are one step ahead and maybe that time that you first do something a little bit above it it's not exactly what you want it to be but you haven't practiced it a ton yet you know so like you just gotta it's just part of growing I think like everything everything hurts like growing your muscles and doing those kind of things it's the craziest analogy but it's so true like no not the craziest it's like the most basic analogy of like you know you know when you work out or you're doing anything like that our bodies hurt like physically and that's actually it it emotionally and physically almost like hurts when you're growing and creating and doing new things so yeah this is yeah exactly Exactly right. So I guess like how has your confidence maybe changed over time from the beginning to now with your business? It's kind of funny. I feel like at the very beginning I was super confident with what I was making even though it was I look back on it now and it was terrible. It was so awful Uh, and that's okay. I'm glad that I felt comfortable putting it out there because if I didn't feel comfortable in the moment I wouldn't have kept making stuff. But yeah looking back I cringe for sure. Um, I think I was just confident that I was doing something for myself, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but as I've, uh, as time has gone on, as I've kind of learned more and grown more, um, and as more and more people are doing this, it gets so easy to compare my work to other people's work. Uh, I do feel a lot more confident in what I'm doing and how I'm executing it. Sometimes, to be honest, I do struggle with feeling like my work is enough, though. And I think that it would be really abnormal if I didn't admit that um but overall I would say I'm a lot more confident in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm 100% where I want to be as far as yes this is my product I'm really excited about it let me show you Mm -hmm. because I always I am a perfectionist and so I always see the tiny Mm -hmm. details that need fixing Mm -hmm. especially now that I've gotten out of the bad work phase Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's almost detrimental but Mm -hmm also a good thing because it's helping me want to keep growing if that makes sense so you have mentioned how there are it is becoming a saturated market and I bet you a lot of people um ask you like how do I stand out or maybe that is a question I feel like people should be asking though is like what can make me what will make people connect with me and what will make me different you know so do you have any advice for that yeah with such a saturated market I I get a few different um, follow requests or follows from lots of accounts per day who are clay makers or polymer clay people and all of their stuff looks the same and I I don't think that they'll stay in that phase I think they'll grow out of it for sure I hope so but I think that everyone's looking to the same sources of inspiration. They're looking at other people who are making with clay. They're using the same shapes. Um, They're using the same colors that they see other people use. And so I think just thinking outside of the box and finding colors that speak to you or finding shapes that speak to you and not really caring if those match what other people are doing, just kind of finding your own voice. 
Uh, it's still something that I'm working through. I mean, I still make a lot with basic shapes. I don't think basic is bad, but I do think that it's good to sprinkle in your own um, taste, if that makes sense. Sprinkle in your own style. with. It. Well, like you did, um, what was it? The sweaters recently. <laughs> Like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And yeah, I feel like that's a good example of, you know, you're not doing a basic shape and that's definitely something that's going to make you stand out, especially amongst that whole clay community because they're like, whoa, like that's different, you know? I've definitely been trying to make things that are a lot more unique to my brand Mm -hmm. and it is super difficult when, um, when I've got, you know, a big set of cutters that are just the basic circles half circles arches you know we see those everywhere not to just reach for those every time Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a pain to create a new cutter Mm -hmm. but whenever I have it's always paid off probably do people ask you like about how you create new cutters yeah um it all starts with a drawing in adobe illustrator uh I just barely got a a surface and so I've been able to work on that a lot which is great Before that, I would just draw with my mouse on the computer and it was really rough, but I would use like paint (laughs) up until like a couple months ago uh, to create shapes. And at first, my cutter making skills were terrible. Just like everything, the lines were too thick. They were breaking. They were fragile. And I guess that goes back to they were breaking, but uh, they just weren't quite what I wanted them to be. But I kept going and now I feel really comfortable with them. And they, they feel like they are part of my brand. If mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can people just YouTube this, like the cutter thing and all that, and figure out how to make that? That is a really good question. I'm not sure. I just, uh, I did a lot of trial and error, uh, and also worked with a really good friend. Her name's Erica, uh, and she, her Instagram handle is Tiger Moth Goods. Mm-hmm. And she and I have the same cutter making machine. And so we both troubleshot and worked through different um, issues with our cutters that we were noticing. And I think that because we were working together, instead of just working on our own, we were able to create final results that were a lot better than they would have been if we would have just tried to go it alone. So So your... um you know, it's kind of funny, like the whole clay making thing right now, it's reminding me a little bit of almost photography in a way that like, you know, photography got like so, so saturated for a bit. Well, it still is like, but then there were these accounts that were standout accounts, you know, that have a lot of followers. Like you've gotten to this place where I think that's how people view you and you have like a really great following on Instagram. So do you have any tips for helping people like grow their following or get seen by more people? Uh, I have learned a lot about this over the last year. I've been, I've purchased a few courses, social media courses Mm -hmm. worth every penny. Uh, I've worked with a few social media strategists Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not going to give their secrets away, but hashtags are a really big deal. Use all 30 hashtags, find unique hashtags, uh, post what's unique to you and post what feels best. When you post things that you feel happy about, other people can feel that energy and they'll be drawn to that. And it kind of helps cull out the people who are just there to to just be there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're posting things that are honestly true to yourself, I feel like it attracts 
people who are into those exact same things who are going to stick around and be your friend and support you as you keep making. That's super awesome. There are, so I'm starting to notice like a lot more social media accounts, like people that are specifically like good at coaching people into, you know, doing better with their business for social media. And that's like such a huge asset. Do you have any tips for like finding a good, like, cause that's my biggest worry right now with all the online courses. It's like, I don't want to spend my money on something that's not actually going to like work. Do you have a process or something that you do to find like uh, actually good courses or good ways to invest your money? All these questions are so good. Um, <laughs> I uh, My biggest advice with that would be to follow them on social media and see how they interact on their social media platform because how they interact is how they're going to help you uh, interact. And if they feel like, if it feels like they're sincere and they are knowledgeable about what they're talking about, then I guess it kind of gives you more confidence that they do know what what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that probably made zero sense. <laughs> but um, someone uh, someone who I've noticed is really good at that is social media Megan Barris. Mm-hmm. Barris? I don't want to say her last name wrong. Dang it, I should have asked her. Uh, she is super genuine. And so I've loved seeing how she has, um, you know, used her voice to help other people on social media. Mm -hmm. She does free consultations, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who uh, help with social media do those consultations. And so I think that it's fair to say that if they're offering that, you should give it a shot, you know, see them for that consultation. If you vibe, Mm -hmm. weird word, but if you vibe, great. And if not, then just find someone else. So. Yeah, I've actually talked to Megan and uh, I'm I'm going to get her on the podcast. So we've talked about that. I just need to like actually schedule. So it's going to be good. <laughs> Lexi's really excited. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess, did you ever think that this would turn into like what it's turned into today? And what thoughts do you have around that? And just also the whole thing with like, I bet you a lot of people are like, I would love for this to become a full-time thing. Like maybe like they don't like their job or they want to be able to spend more time at home. Like, can you talk a little bit about, you know, that transition and like, yeah, I guess just how mind blowing that's all been. (laughs) It's, it's wild. It doesn't feel real. Uh, to be honest, I still feel like I'm just barely starting. The only difference is that now I have a studio space, whereas before I was working at my tabletop and countertop and you can ask Ben, we would, eat on our couch or sitting on the floor every night for dinner because all of it was on the table. And that was for a year and a half, almost two years. So I don't think that, I don't think that it feels, I don't know. It it still feels weird. It feels surreal. Definitely. Uh, And we've been hiring people. We've been looking for ways to grow. We're looking to hire more people in the future. It's mind boggling. I never thought things would be where they are. And I didn't expect them to take off for sure. And I'm honestly not sure why things did take off. I always tell Lexi, it's because you work so hard and you put so much quality. Like, I think that's what I'm trying to remember what exactly this quote is. It's like over over produce on quality and like time or something like, but then also charge what you're worth. But you also like 
overproduced if that makes sense and that's exactly what I feel like Lexi's done so she's a she's telling me that before. she's like I don't know what's going on I'm like it's because you're working so hard like you're doing so good so yeah um something that I did okay there's sorry there's this other thing that I I didn't write it down but I really want to ask you is um did you invest in branding and like what did you as far as branding goes like maybe you're naturally good at it like but do you recommend that to people I debated for a long time about investing in having someone else help me with my branding. And I think that there are a lot of people who are incredible at that. And if that's something that you as a business owner don't feel comfortable with, definitely trust in someone else to do the job for you. I, again, I'm just super picky. I'm so picky, which almost to a fault. And so I just realized that if I had someone else do it, it probably wouldn't be exactly how I wanted it to be. And so I just kind of threw things together and I've changed my branding five, six times in the last year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to keep evolving and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. as the brand evolves, you know, obviously the branding is going to change, but that way I'm not spending, you know, 300 to a thousand dollars, maybe more Mm -hmm. to have someone else do the branding. And who knows, maybe that'll be something that I'll want to invest in in the future. Mm -hmm. But right now my biggest uh, concern has been just making the earrings and the jewelry and getting that out there instead of focusing on having someone else create a vision for the brand. I think, you know, I think definitely, I think branding is so like important, but for content creators, like if you're putting out a product, don't let your branding stop you from putting out stuff. It's like, I haven't, I want to have someone help me with my branding. Like I'm in the process of figuring that out and I'm talking to someone right now um because it's not something that is is super strength for me like I go back and forth all the time and I don't know for sure and blah blah blah. um but anyway so I want someone to help me but like I know that everyone wants their Instagram to look super pretty but at the same time like you have to like just get content out like that is the most important thing and if you're putting out quality content like it will it will overshine maybe any faults that you see in your own branding and yeah and then hopefully you'll be able to invest in it later but I don't know that's kind of my thoughts <laughs> yeah I can definitely agree with that um so as far as giving up dental hygiene I've actually wondered that I wanted to ask you like was that hard giving it up after you know you worked so hard with dental hygiene like it's been kind of an emotional struggle which sounds strange but uh while I was going to school um and the year after school, I was working full-time. You know, school was a full-time thing and work was a full-time thing. We were living in Harriman and we were commuting down to Provo every day. And so it was a one-hour, one-way commute unless there was traffic or an accident. Then it was more than that. So a couple hours a day were spent in the car. And by the time we got home, you know, it was so late that that I just felt so exhausted. But I would still work on IndyCord stuff. And so I had two full-time jobs and a big commute um and that was exhausting and then we moved down south and we're a lot closer to work and so that made it easier but I was still working full-time and putting in you know a 40 plus small business hour work week and when you've got a small business if you have one right now or if you're planning on it you should know that it takes more than just a standard 40 hour work week to make it work I'm working around the clock sometimes I'll wake up at 3 a.m and come downstairs to make an earring design that pops into my head or I'll stay up late until like three, four in the morning just to get a batch of things out because of the the timelines and deadlines that I've got set for myself. 
Um, as far as, as leaving dental hygiene, it was a decision that I didn't take lightly. I think a lot of people, when they want to jump into something full-time, they kind of romanticize the idea of it a little bit. Uh, and I don't mean that to sound harsh or um, discouraging. Uh, I definitely had the idea in my mind, you know, oh, it'd be so cool to to just be able to do this full time and not have to worry about leaving the house to go to work. Uh, but I don't think I actually would have taken the leap unless my husband was like, hey, let's look at these numbers together. Let's look at what you're making, you know, with hygiene. Let's look at what you're making um, with your business. Let's look at the expenses. Um, what's going to make you happiest, you know, the, the emotional, mental, physical toll. And in the end, um, making jewelry and earrings was more profitable for a number of reasons, you know, monetarily, emotionally, mentally. Uh, and I still, I still work uh, as a hygienist. I still pick up shifts every once in a while. I work a half day on Wednesdays. Uh, so I still get to keep those skills and and practice as a hygienist, but it's something that I can do because I want to, not because I'm required to do that. And don't get me wrong, working hygiene full-time was great. It helped us um, reach several financial goals that we had for ourselves. I think um, one of my biggest pieces of advice for someone trying to consider whether they should quit their job and do something full-time creatively um, would be to make sure that you can make a living because, you know, uh, everyone thinks of the starving artist and they think, oh, that's just how it is as an artist. But it really isn't that way. It shouldn't be that way. You should be able to afford to live and to live comfortably and to have a little bit of extra that you can either set aside or, you know, play with, to be honest. And maybe that sounds entitled to say that, but I don't think that that it's reasonable to say that, well, if I'm going to do this full time, then I've I'm just going to be starving and, you know, it's fine and I won't make enough, but it's fine. At least I'll love what I'm doing. No, you can still work and still do your thing and still build your business and grow, but don't quit your job until you're confident that it's going to be enough to support you long term. Such great advice. I've been thinking and you were talking about how, like, don't romanticize the, you know, quitting your job. They're both hard. And I was... I, I don't know what this was from, but I remember I called you or I don't know, you sent me a voice message and you're like, my hands are hurting so bad. I can't even like text you. So yeah, give us like, tell me more about that. And then also I, yeah, tell me more about like the, what goes on behind the scenes and like things that people don't think about. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of detail work. And so your hands are kind of like, you know, if you can picture writing with a pencil for 60 pages, you know, handwriting, uh, how your hand starts to kind of cramp. The same thing happens when you're working with uh, fine details, such as with earrings or, or accessories. And so my hands are always kind of cramped. And so I have to take frequent breaks to stretch them out and kind of roll them out and massage them out. Uh, otherwise, they just ache. I do think that uh, I need to start setting boundaries as far as how much time I'm working per day, because usually I'm putting in over 12 hours of tiny like detail work it sounds crazy to say it out loud but when I'm doing it in the moment I almost feel like I'm making myself into a martyr and I think that a lot of people do that with their their job their work their creative side hustle where 
or their creative business. It doesn't have to be a side hustle, you know, where they just think, okay, well, this is just how it is and it's going to be painful and I need to just keep pushing through because otherwise I'm not going to be able to pay the bills or not going to be able to make ends meet. But if you don't take care of yourself, and this is what I'm learning, if you don't take care of yourself and take breaks, um, in the end, you're going to be way worse off than if you would have just taken you know, a break here and there or stretched or whatever. You know, a lot of the people that are listening to this are probably beginners. But I mean, for the people though that like get to your spot, um, it's 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 funny because I've seen some of my friends get to this part where they get to like this level of success and then like they can't keep up with the demand and like you've got to like work and like you're only one person, you know what I mean? And so then there's this other level of like, okay, now I got to like, hire help and like I have to expand and I have to learn how to do automated like processes for like other people and myself and whatever like you know what I mean and so you have to replicate yourself too you know yeah (laughs) Lexi's like it's so hard (laughs) so um yeah that's something that is that something that you feel like you're going through right now definitely experiencing some growing pains as far as you know uh moving all of my stuff from the <laughs> from the kitchen table to a downstairs studio a couple of months ago, uh, and now we've we're using two of the rooms in our house as studio space plus a little bit of extra space downstairs, uh, and so you know at some point we're going to need to expand even more. But we we've hired two people so far, and it's been really fun. Uh, trying to figure out who who I'm going to have do which tasks and who has which strengths and. Um, both employees are amazing. Thank goodness. They're incredible. And I was really worried about being able to find people who would be, you know, detail oriented and creative and careful, uh, because I don't feel like that's something you can teach. It's something that you just have Mm -hmm. that creative intuition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I guess you could practice it, but it's been awesome watching these two women step into that role and, Uh, watching them grow and learn and there's still so much to teach and so much to learn Um, you know both me sharing that information with them and them sharing what they're learning with me Uh, but it's been really cool as we go through different training phases and um, kind of teach and or learn new skills watching them put that into place and then get really excited when an earring turns out the way they hope it will and it's been cool watching them be able to kind of not it sounds bad saying cut corners, but it's been cool watching them grow quickly with a little bit of a little bit of help. Yeah. And I was worried about giving up some of that control because I am again perfectionist, but they have really risen to to meet the challenge and I'm so impressed with both of them. And obviously I think it'll be the same with future staff, but uh yeah, the growth has been really good I wanted to ask if you have like any advice to because like seriously you have I mean you've already given a ton of more of advice but just like in closing like is there anything else that you want to say to just these little businesses who like they look up to you you know like I think yeah it's hard for you to maybe understand but like really like these people super look up to you and I think it's good that they look up to you you know what I mean like they're definitely in good hands but like if there's anything else that you could say to them maybe they're struggling they don't know if they could do it it's so saturated like what would you tell them in these beginning stages I the biggest thing would be to find your voice 
and find what sparks creativity in you. Uh, I started with headbands and scrunchies and have kind of evolved and I plan on continuing to evolve. And when you ride the creative waves, as (laughs) super weird as that sounds, um, it kind of takes you to places where you probably wouldn't have thought of going uh, creatively. And um, I think that the world needs unique voices. I mean, who would have thought that bent candles would be a trend, but here they are, you know, or shag rugs again that are the needle punch or the punch needle um, stuff. I think that there's a lot that, that people are able to see now with social media as far as passions and interests. And it's so cool to watch someone find what excites them and just go at it with everything that they've got. And so, I mean, if you are trying one trend like polymer clay and you're like, you know what, this doesn't feel like me. I'm just trying it because I want to be a big account. Find what does speak to you because when you do find that voice, the growth comes automatically because people can sense your excitement and they can uh, kind of feel vicariously through you that joy that comes from creating something that just means a lot to you, even if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else. Um, yeah, I, I personally love following people who are passionate about what they're creating, whatever it may be, whether it's like tiny doll houses or those bent candles or punch needlework or painting, you know, there are so many opportunities to try new things and do new things. So why not find what most speaks to you? I'm the same way. Like I am obsessed with a lot of these like little small businesses and especially like artists, like people I love following everyone's an artist in a way (laughs) I'm talking about like painters almost though that's like my jam I love seeing what they do they all have their own new unique way of expressing that so yeah I love that advice anyways um thank you so much for yeah thanks for letting me oh my gosh I'm really glad we finally (laughs) we've been talking about it for forever (laughs) I feel like when I was starting I was like Lexi I gotta get you on the podcast and it's crazy you've grown so much I was like she's not gonna come on anymore (laughs) no no way I'm I no no I am here for you whenever you're awesome okay well I hope you guys enjoyed thank you so much for being here um we will see you next week we've got some more good stuff in store if you guys like this episode please go give me um I mean, rate me five stars. That would help so much. Ten stars. (laughs) (laughs) Write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Seriously, like that's how I get found. And share with your friends. It really means so much to me. Anyways, go have a great week. Love you all so much. Bye.